0: What's going on everybody, welcome back to the OTL Off The Leash Podcast We're back friends, and it's Jeremy And we are here with two special guests today Back on the podcast, part two We have good friends, savages, wonderful individuals Interesting, yet amazing We have Tyler Ackerman, and we have Elaine Anton What's going on?
1: Who's going to talk first? <laughs> Hello.
2: Hello. <laughs>
0: what, what's going on?
2: Ladies first.
0: We're here.
1: Thanks for having us. Yes. New, Again.
2: The, the new digs.
0: Yes, back at the new house. Yeah. Smells, smells like a pottery barn. In it
1: really does. It smells nice in here. That, I was going to tell you when we first walked in.
0: That is all credits to my wife. Yeah. Dear. She did eye. a very good job. She's she going us
1: right now. I don't know.
0: I didn't see her, so she's got to be somewhere. Anyways Yeah we're here Out here in K-Town Kirkland, Washington K-Town, welcome The new hometown
1: For all of us
0: I know To the east side
1: That's funny Last time we did this Nobody lived in Kirkland And now we just all Happen to live in Kirkland Really? Yeah Oh wait yeah. was was in Shoreline It was
2: at my My other house
0: It was In Shoreline Yeah And then you guys All pulled me To the east side
1: It's kind of happening I don't know
0: It is I love it. I love it over here. I didn't ever think that it would be on the east side, but here I am.
1: I I felt the same way. I was like a Seattle person. Yes. And now I just like don't ever, ever, ever want to go to Seattle again. At all. <laughs> no. It's like quiet. It's just, it's like a city here still, but it's like feels quiet. So I don't know. just like seems like less traffic. It's less people. Oh, I found her.
0: Oh, she was hiding. <laughs> <laughs> She's still here. <laughs> but yes, I feel like it's... It, takes, it used to take so long to get over here, so it's kind of just so out of the way. But once you're over here, you don't realize, like, you have so much around you True, that's, yeah. like, much quicker access.
1: That could be it. Because coming from the west side to the east side is, like, always a hassle. So now it's just, like, going from the east side to the west side is a yes. Yeah. And we
0: have Chick-fil-A right down the street. So We do? Yeah, yeah right, up, right off the freeway. What? It's like, right up here? Road, we, don't, we, don't,
2: we don't ever get Chick-fil-A. I've never had Chick-fil-A before. What? I've, uh, what?
1: Yeah, I've never had it.
2: Well, I know where we're going. First after. awkward pause.
1: <laughs> it's legitimately
0: like two minutes from here. I'm already a signature member. <laughs> <laughs> so they are they already know me by first name base as you pull up and they're like, hey, here's your word. I'm like, yep. <laughs> that's embarrassing. Chick-fil-A is pretty dank, right? I didn't know that's we what had I always here. hear. It does. I used to get chicken nuggets, but the chicken strips go hard, like too hard.
1: Now I'm just getting all the insides of the- And the waffle fries.
0: A- waffle fries. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what thing. I always chicken. hear. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think I've taken you through a Chick-fil-A before. Drive through, no.
2: Probably yeah. not. Maybe no. He's just trying to deny that he
1: eats Chick Fil A.
2: I like how I'm <laughs> not denying that. I've had Chick Fil A. I, I know what it's about. But I'm just surprised that you haven't, or I haven't done the due diligence to actually take you.
1: Yeah, I mean that would be a really nice date if you ask me. I think that should happen <laughs> soon. <laughs> actually,
0: it's speaking to this totally off topic, but uh, a little while back Drake took somebody on a date. In Dodger Stadium, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, Drake setting a new bar for like date levels." And so they took his like his annual income and they compared it to how much it would cost to like rent out Dodger Stadium. And it's like the equivalent of like an average American taking a girl on like a fourteen dollar and fifty cent date. <laughs> Are you <laughs> it's just, just so Chick Fil A? <laughs> so pretty well, much doable? that's pretty much that'd yeah. be like double of that. So basically, just imagine Tyler taking you. There's basically him taking you out to, like, Lumen Field and renting it out for so, you. So.
1: so he took this girl to Dodger Stadium and he rented the whole place. Yeah,
0: and then he just had a table on the field and they and just had, like, catered And everyone's dinner. like,
1: oh, my gosh, that's amazing, but it's just really not even a big I deal I feel like that's got
0: to be a terrible life. Like, that's what you have to do. It's like taking yeah. somebody to dinner in, like, an airplane hangar. Just so it's like, empty.
3: Yeah. Was there a game going on?
0: Nope. Just empty stadium. I know, it's strange, but that's what you have to do at that point to impress somebody. Was it dark? Everybody. Like,
1: that's how you get, um, alone time when you're famous.
0: Yeah. It's like weird flex, but okay. You know, let's
2: go eat in right field. <laughs> I don't know. Cool. Sure. <laughs> good for him.
0: Yes. But anyways, creative. Yes, it is. Uh, it's good to have you guys back on the podcast. I haven't seen you in a while, man. I know. A lot's, a lot has happened since last time we sat down. Last time, did you done your 100 miler yet? I can't no. remember if that was slightly before or after. Or do nice. you just did your no. 50k.
1: He had just. I, he had just done his 50-mile run around
0: Washington. That's what like it was. 50-miler. No. Yeah. That
1: you had w- just done it.
2: Was that this year?
1: No.
0: No, that was. That was last that year. Was yeah, last yeah, summer that
1: was that Yeah, that was that. over a year ago. Yeah. So we probably did the podcast, and like it was probably like a year ago.
2: That was a
0: year ago? Maybe. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, because I, so I sent you guys the, yeah. the memory on Instagram.
1: Oh, I didn't get that. Did you get that? So, oh. well, anyways,
0: oh, we're back here, and wow, you doubled little, down, wow. Tyler. You doubled down, and you went down into Utah, and you ran a hundred miles, more or less. I'm was, pretty sure it was exactly. It 100 was miles. actually <laughs> so. one
1: more. I think it was hundred and one miles, or was it ninety nine? If it was, don't no, say that. No, 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 say no. Don't, no don't say I don't that. even want to say it, but I have to. It was ninety nine. I'm gonna call somebody. Like ninety nine point four. Miles, I have a weird memory for numbers. That's messed I just, up. I'm pretty sure yeah. he he walked. Okay, another, the walk back to the yeah, car totally. made it hundred. Okay, and every time he walked to uh, to a car in there, you know, all,
0: yeah, it's all good. I appreciate the backtracking right now.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry.
0: Hundred miles. First year bubble since last time. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that if you can even remember. Oh, man, it's yeah. so far back then. Well, I remember. Was it as difficult as you thought it was going to be?
2: Um. I was really nervous going into it because I remember I was injured. Cool. So, this happened in what? In May? Uh, it was April. April. And <laughs> so, I remember I had an Achilles injury going into, like, end of February. Or no, early February. And I was like, okay, if I'm not better by the end of February, then I got to cut it off because, you know, that, that that's not even training. Getting ready for a, a race, a 100-mile race in, yes. um, in April. So... I felt better. So I was super under trained going into it. And, um, I didn't really have high expectations. I think just finishing it was the goal. And, um, I, it was successful. Like I didn't really hit any, um, any huge roadblocks. I mean, it, there were some pain caves, um, That I met, which, you know, is natural when you are running 100 miles, but nutrition was on point. Dude, I was eating like a king. I can only imagine. (laughs) Oh, man. Because I I get super nervous about, you know, nutrition and stuff, especially on a longer run. Because, like, if you roll an ankle, fine,
0: you get a scrape, you can bandage it up. But when it's in your gut, you can't reach it. So is it one of those things where you're, like, so hungry? It's kind of like when you're so hungry that you start eating and you realize, like, you can't eat that much. You know what I mean? Like, you like walk into a restaurant, and you're like, I'm so hungry. So, you get a bunch of food, and then you like start eating, and you're like, I'm no,
2: no, no, no. It's you gotta, you gotta pace yourself, but you get to like, so, like, in my mind, I'm like, every mile or like every couple miles, I gotta eat something. Even if I don't feel like I'm hungry, I gotta keep putting stuff in because it was hot as hell. I'd
1: almost say it's like probably the opposite feeling <clears> where you are hungry, but you don't feel it. And it doesn't feel, it doesn't usually feel good to eat when you're doing anything endurance. Like, so you have to, yeah, you have to continuously remind yourself to eat. And then you, you might not feel hungry the whole time, mm. but you would feel like if you didn't eat, you would, you know, cause you know, if you don't, you're, like if <laughs> you
2: don't do that, then you're going to pay for it in like the next five miles. Mm. And w- if yeah. you, cause if Stay you ahead of it, yeah, if you, if you fall behind, then it's going to turn into a death march.
0: So what percentage of, of that run do you think was physical to mental? Like what percentage was what? Oh, good question.
2: Oh man. Um, I would say the last, like, 30 miles was kind of a mental block when Elizabeth first uh, um, paced for me from the 50-mile aid station. And then from when I met you, because you saw me get angry of that last.
0: uh, You meaning Elena, because it definitely wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Elena. Yeah. Right, just for the listeners. Yeah, <laughs> so we're yeah. Clear. Yeah. Because I remember
2: yeah, Elena saw me get angry because there was this one part. It it was like the last, you, you paced me for the last 20. twenty, but there was a portion, it was like a mouse in a never ending maze. Oh, I remember. Because like yeah. you could like I could never get into a rhythm because like every like hundred, two hundred, three hundred feet you would like do like a, a U turn. Oh, it was like, like kind it of switchbacks, like switchbacks, like switchbacks, switchbacks, switch switch but it wasn't going up. It was all flat, mm. and so it was super rocky terrain. You got cactus everywhere, trees. It was beautiful, but like when you can't get into a consistent pace where you can get like a flow state, mm-hmm. like like every turn,
0: where you turn your brain off, you have to constantly like yeah. Like mm. Redirect,
2: slow down, speed up, climb over a rock, go down. It just, you could, I could never get comfortable, and I was just getting so angry because like seven miles for like like it was the a runners, seven mile loop, yeah. yeah. Seven miles is isn't that bad when you're just like consistently at a right at, at a good pace, but when you're like slowing down, walking, like <coughs> pushing yourself up, like crawling down a boulder, like it just is was time consuming so just it really got in my head
1: it was like this little so there's like a main kind of road and then there was like this little loop that you do that goes around this it's like you're on top of like a Mesa, like a flat. It was thing. pretty it was like dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really cool. So if you were just out there for like a day hike, you would be like, if you this weren't is running the most beautiful place race, ever. It would have been And legit. And it's like, and so that was my experience cause I had just started <laughs> and I was like, and I kept like going over the edge and like taking pictures. I was like, this is so cool. And he was like, fuck this. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm out. I just don't want to <laughs> like be here anymore. But um, yeah, it was just, it was like little ups and downs and then just like very zigzaggy and super pretty. But also not like there was... Yeah, you could get no rhythm yeah.
2: going. Yeah. That's when you get into mm. like that flow state and then you just feel natural and time flies. And going back to where you're saying about uh, nutrition and food, like having something to do every like couple of miles kept my mind focused on the short term and not thinking about like, oh gosh, I have to go run another 40 miles. Right. Um,
1: yeah, because that loop that that you got angry that took a on... a while. Well, that was like mile like what... I don't know, 85 (laughs) to 92 or something like that. So it wasn't even, it wasn't like the end end. Otherwise I think you would have felt good because then there was another little loop that was the end and then you felt good. Yeah. And on that loop, he ran fast and like we passed like six groups of people. Nobody was running at that point and he was running. Everyone's like, how the fuck? What are you, how are you? How are you moving was on like one. that? He was—he just got like a second wind, mm. and uh, and that was mile like ninety three to the end. So Damn, he ended on a, on a high note. Yeah, yeah. I was
0: thinking because just how much of just like life itself is playing mental games, you know? Like how often can you like change the framework of like the way you're viewing something? Because mm. really, I think it's almost like a like a Rubik's cube. You know, where like you have to just keep turning it until like the whole side is like blue. It's almost like, like a radar gun that's like looking for it and it locks on a target, like bing, 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 and you're like, gosh. You know? <laughs> but it's how much of that can you do on a consistent basis? Life, sports, you know, physical activity. And something that came to mind when you're saying that was Colin O'Brady <clears throat> and the, the training that he does um, with doing stuff like in Antarctica and like really cold stages is like the frustration that comes in those times. So, like, um, who was who he training with? Um, the guy down in, in Oregon, he he smashed the pull-up record. Is it Mike uh, Castle? Mike Castle, yeah.
2: Or is it Mike McCastle or Mike?
0: Mike McCas- Mike McCastle, yeah, yeah. Um, but he has him put his hands in, like, ice-cold water until, like, you can barely feel them. And we all know that feeling when your hands are really cold and you're trying to text and it's like, no. doesn't he, work. He like, yeah, so yeah. he has him do that, and then he has him work on a Rubik's Cube. Because he can like barely turn it. And so it's like getting yourself past the frustration point of like, I can't do it. Like your brain's saying one thing, but your body's saying another and having to consistently like change. Um, I think a lot of it is changing your expectation of the moment, you know? Because I think um, that, I think for me recently, that's just been a big viewpoint change is like the expectation of of the moment, the person, the situation, and usually the frustrations happening because of a false expectation. Um, and so it's like when you say like you're really frustrated, you know, it's like what's the being frustrated is not helping anything at this point. So I just need to adjust it. You know, I set my pace at this, and I'm just going to smash at this pace, you know. Um, and so those those things are always those mental blocks, you know, especially for somebody, I would say like you, who – Especially in the in a athletic form, I would say rarely comes up against a big mental block. You know. I think we all go through like slow phases where things are not flowing, you're not getting results as fast as you want to, et cetera. But to have like a massive block where you're just like F this is is probably not a normal feeling for you. If mm-hmm. that makes sense.
2: Um I mean on certain levels, I think something that that kind of came to mind is um the saying it takes what it takes like
0: shout out r i p yeah,
2: it takes what it takes like
0: such a good book, I think by the way
2: like you like when it, when it, you know when it comes to fitness, I think that's just like a parallel that we can all uh find in common, but like with working out. And when your body's under a lot of stress, it tries to find the 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 path of least resistance. For sure. But, like, regardless, whatever path you take, you still got to do the work to get to the end goal. Yes. Right? And I think just thinking back to the race, there were a couple times, uh, shout out to Elizabeth. What a spectacular human pacer. being. So, so awesome. Um <coughs> And her mom, by the way, side note. Her mom, have you met her mom before?
0: I don't think so. Jenny, we talked Jenny. about her in the last podcast, I think too.
2: Jenny is the Jenny she's a G. Yeah, yeah. She she treated me like I was one of her own kids. We need to get
0: her. We need to get Elizabeth she's on these yeah. podcasts she's with us. The coolest. Oh, she'll um,
1: yeah, she'll have plenty to say. But
0: um, <laughs> but they're like they're they're like you might
1: get a word in, but <laughs> 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 and mute. That's the, yeah. This is why she's the best like hiking buddy. Is like you can just be like miserable and like not want to say anything, and she will just take the lead and just be. She'll just carry the conversation all day long. Anyway, yes. so. she's a
2: different breed. Yeah, um, she's good at that. And so there there's just a couple of times I remember uh during our like nighttime runs where I just felt there were like just people passing me, people going in the opposite direction, going home. I'm just like feeling super defeated. Mm. But like she's like, just just this is your path, this is your journey. Like don't worry about everybody else. Who knows? They could be doing a different distance than you. Who who knows what their story is, but like you got to get to the top of the cell. You got to get through this, this last loop here. Like there's no shortcutting it. Yes. So, um, yeah, like just like embrace and try to find, learn something about yourself while you're in it and not try to like shortcut your way out. Because at the end of it, you want to know that you gave it everything you had. And like you, you conquered this portion of the race. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of brought my head back into, you know being present with where i like i currently am and not look too far ahead cuz that's where i get defeated too when i have to look at the gap that's between me where i am now and where i have to go and then all like the uh the thoughts that don't um like just a self-defeating mindset yes that keeps you from actually moving forward um but she was she was a a, a big part of that and just keep this reminding me reminding me to say stay here we, if we need to stop, we'll stop. We'll get some food, but there's no what. No one's gonna come get you. Yeah, like we're not. No, there's no there's, to There's no Uber <laughs> yes. out in the desert. There's like you gotta do this. Like yes. if you gotta crawl, you gotta crawl. If we gotta stop and sleep for ten minutes on the trail, we'll do that. Mm. We, we we took a couple naps <laughs> on the trail. We saw some things that weren't there. <laughs>
1: Tyler saw some things. I don't think Elizabeth <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have special <laughs> mushrooms out there in
2: <laughs> Utah. Yeah, yeah. But, Elizabeth uh,
1: was the one to tell him that they were not real things yeah. that he was seeing.
2: <laughs> yeah but um yeah elizabeth's the best i miss yeah, her i haven't scary. seen
0: her in a while yeah one of the uh um quotes that i've been chewing on is this quote that says most people don't succeed because they give up what they want most for what they want now mm. yeah that's good mm-hmm. <laughs> really good like i've and been chewing so on that true. for for months like yeah. really anything, apply that to anything, and you're like, it really does boil down to that, mm-hmm. you know.
1: It's like instant gratification versus like delayed gratification. Yeah.
2: Yes. I heard something this morning on a podcast like sacrifice who you are for what you will become. Is that kind of? Yep. Mm. And that's that's
0: one of my favorite goal setting quotes. is yeah. set a goal so big that you can't achieve it until you change into somebody who can. Three for three, man. We are just <laughs> dropping <laughs> quotes. <laughs> Bangers, but I think that's, like. For, and I think that's a huge question. Um, and for those of you who don't know, if you're listening, uh, we started an off the leash newsletter uh, blog. So just going on different life topics and mindset things, and because we really do want to approach those things because they they are the tools that set you free, you know, in your life and and the ability to kind of overcome. And and that that question is like, what do you want most? Because if you don't go into something knowing that it's easy to bail out because you don't have any commitment to any result you know like when you're not running a hundred mile race like you ran that so you could say you ran 100 mile race not so you say you ran 73 and you like shut it down you know <laughs> yeah. and it and it is in the trial it's not that the 73 wouldn't count but it's the it's that feeling when you hit that finish line that you like you did whatever it took it took what it took yeah. you know if it took 30 naps along the way, you still conquered 100 miles, right. and that's what you want most. What you want now might be to sit down and, you know, say F it and, and go home, but what you want most is at that finish line, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think for everyone, it's important to actually, like, write down what you want most in, like, every facet of your life, and, you're like, in relationships and fitness, like, in faith and finance, you know? And because when you... And then share that with, like, the people who you're close to. You know, it doesn't even necessarily be, like, a significant other. It could be, like, a good friend or, you know, and it's, it's like, if I want to save this amount of money and these people see you spending, you're like, hey, bro, like, what do you want most? Like, it's it's that easy to be an accountability partner, mm-hmm. you know?
2: Yeah, when it comes to, like, some of my clients and, like, personal training, something I'll ask them, like, what are your top three priorities? Like, what do you want to accomplish in the next three, six months, a year? Yeah. Because I remember early on in training, like I'd be training people, but like it would just kind of get repetitive, like we're on a hamster wheel. And like, yeah, they'd be getting better, but for what, mm. right? Yes. And so, like, on, like kind of on a map, we need to know, like, where we know where we are. at Point A, like first couple of workouts, we know where we are. We know where you've been, but in order for us to get results, like we need to find a point on the map we need to get to, so we can take the most efficient line to that end goal, whatever it may be, whether it's lose weight, train for a race. Um, and so that every th- every uh, step you take will be strategic. Yes. Or else we're just aimlessly, you know, kind of walking in the dark and just throwing darts wherever on the board and see where it lands. Yeah, there's no purpose. Then, you, then you're going to get frustrated over time be like, why, why can I get to – Why can I lose weight? Why can't, why am I not happy with my nutrition? Why am I not getting the place where I wanted to be? Why am I backtracking?
0: Yes. Well, I think that's, that's shows the maturity of a trainer. You know, I think originally as a trainer, you're doing it because one of two things either you like sports and you like want to just do something in that industry or you want to make money, you know, and so you start there and then you, you get a little bit like you're a generalist before you're a specialist. Like generally I just like enjoy doing this work and I like making a living doing it. And then you get into like actually the clientele, you know, actually whether there's some mentality or like what are we training for a purpose, Mm. you know, like you're, you're working on your hamstrings for what, you know, so that you can say you have strong hamstrings. So you can say you deadlifted whatever amount of pounds or because like you're trying to be a better hiker, you know, you're, you're trying to be, you know, have injury prevention. And so like when you're going through, that's what connects like the emotion to the action is that I'm having you do this so that you can be stronger so that you're able to achieve this, you know? So there's one, there's the reminder, but also it's kind of like, you know, a, a good physical therapist or a good chiropractor. The goal is that your clients never see you again. Like you want to get them self-sustaining in their body, not just so like yeah, not yeah. just like crack, crack, crack. See you next week. You know, take your sixty bucks for these two what's minutes.
2: The, uh, what's the saying about like chiropr- chiropractor? I don't, I don't, nothing, to, nothing bad against chiropractor or anything like that. But like what I've heard is that they'll they'll fix you just enough so that you'll come back. I'm gonna plead the fifth on week. this because I'm, <laughs> I'm low key
0: a little salty right now. Really,
2: oh, you, you had a bad experience.
0: Not not necessarily bad, but it was I
2: like watching chiropractor videos on YouTube. We can just
1: be, you know, just nameless, but we want to hear about this I
3: experience.
2: I, can, I, I guess I can <laughs> say <laughs> anything. I don't I don't have any relationship with any yeah. chiropractors, so. Well, it no. is just
0: the like Who hurt you? <laughs> nobody nobody hurt me, but it it was just Jeremy so Turns a little funny. The the um, the amount that you pay for like I would say a small amount, maybe a short-lasting re- like relief is I don't know. It it just doesn't add up to me personally. If anybody is listening to this podcast and has a connection with a good chiropractor, please connect and share with me. But there's a reason why like physical therapists and chiropractors like low-key don't get along. Um, It's because one one thinks that the other is is, like the reason. You know, because chiropractors Mm. crack people, but if they don't have the physical therapy or they're not growing a muscle structure to actually keep things in place, then Uh, it's a mute point. So you just keep going back because it's like, Call them, like, revelation junkies, people who, like, go to conferences, and they get, like, on this emotional high, but then they go back to the regular life, and it's like, you know, so you're not actually sustaining anything in your life, you just, like, revelation, you like that? oh, my God, that quote was so good, you know, and, and then on the, on the flip side, they're like, you know, well, if you do physical therapy, but, you know, things are out of place, then. You know, mm. you're going to have problems either way. And mm. so instead of like working together, they're like, nah, we're the answer. And like, nah, we're the answer. That really yeah. just
1: sounds like they do need each other. But I've only, I think I've only ever heard the physical therapy side of, of that too. Like I knew there was like a feud there, but I've, I've heard the physical therapist's reasoning. Yes. But I haven't heard the other, heard it the other way.
0: Well, And it's just like, it's such a flash in the pan. And as and hard as like we work for our money, you know. I don't know, maybe it's just that. Like I worked <laughs> I worked so hard. And then just to walk in and like hand somebody a bunch of money and they'd be like bing bing. All right, see you next week. And you're like, all right, yeah. well, that felt good, but like I could have dealt without that yeah. for <laughs> the amount of money that it took to pay you to do that. Right. I don't know. But anyways, we can we can move on from that situation. But you know, the the goal long term is to get people like weaned off of you. You know, Mm -hmm. to actually help them, instruct them on their own body, how to help themselves and give them a a direct purpose. You know, otherwise, if we just stay in that first level, we're just trying to do it and make money. Like we do just enough to like throw things at them, make them feel sweaty, make them feel tired. But they know that they're not actually working towards something. So like what is the actual measure, you know, at the end of the day? And that's, I think, where we have to, like, find our accountability as trainers is, like, when they look back, you know, are they more mobile? Even just for, like, their regular life, you know, are you rolling out of bed better? Are you able to pick things up, like, turn your body? Like, are you feeling stronger, you know? And from that, obviously, you get more and more close with specialty work, whether it's sports or, like, bodybuilders or people who are, like, working towards a significant weight for a reason, you know, CrossFitters. But it really is important that we have the vision for them to say, like, "Hey, we're starting you off here, and we're going to be a little stronger, so that we can get here." And why? Because a lot of people don't know why they're trusting you that because you're supposed to be the the specialist that's giving them the reasons. Not, you know, not necessarily being on the receiving end. It's also expanding the
2: definition of what a coach actually is. Mm-hmm. Anybody can <clears throat> can devel- deliver a
0: program. So, what's a coach? What's a coach to in me? the truest form? Yeah at be- at its best form what is a coach
2: I'm trying not to like edit myself too much don't
0: edit Just say it
2: I don't want it to sound like perfect but <laughs> I mean I <laughs> guess I, I guess I'm more of like a bullet pointer give it like to I'll us I'll give us
1: all the bullet points
2: um, you can chime <coughs> in too because you are a coach as well um,
1: I'll let you take the lead first <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean a coach is a lot of things and it's not just somebody who delivers a program like it's it's somebody who um you're you're walking with people on a journey. You're not you're like yeah you're an authority figure, but you're also meeting people where they're at, and also exposing them to or or implementing like or planting a seed in their mind of like where you can take them, and through the avenue of fitness, you're changing like the narrative that they they brought to the table, and expanding on it, um, and just showing them that like life is so much bigger. And through the avenue of fitness, like, because <clears throat> how you do one thing is how you do a lot of things. And I think when they learn about, like, hard work and pushing themselves outside of their comfort zones and and when they start seeing results, what oh, did I mess it up? No, you're good. You're good? I think they can take what they learn about themselves and apply it into their relationships. They can apply it to their business. They can apply it to uh their friendships their marriages it's it's cool how it can expand into different spokes of their life Mm. so the coach is just a facilitator for um dramatic pause (laughs) i think they they, they help facilitate a space for people to be their truest self or Mm. bring out the truest self 'Cause when it comes down to like hard work, like I, I see it like, you know, as a coach at Orange Theory, like there's a point there where people get to during a workout where like their titles, their their job titles, their their past, like nothing else matters. It's just it's just them. Hmm. And so like if it's just you, okay, like what are you made of? When like when it's just you, when you're at your most tired, that's where the that's where the work begins. That's where your truest self comes to the forefront comes center stage and so i think it's it's also a big reality check for people like when times get hard do you take the the easiest way out do you bail do you you know try to escape or are you someone that kind of stays in the flame and and kind of questions like what they're truly made of mm. And <laughs> so I think, that, I mean, as for myself, that's, that's kind of why I really like trail running or doing long distance runs. I haven't, you know, it's, it's weird. T- I've, today I went on my first run in like a month and a half cause I've been so busy, but, um, cause trail running and, and, and doing ultra running and stuff like that, it is, it exposes like the truest form of, of Tyler. Mm. Like, when you're, in like, 50 miles into a 100-mile race, like, I know I'm <laughs> not going to call Landon to come pick me up. But it's, like, my job title as a trainer, like, they're, they're nothing else matters. This is just the truest form of Tyler. When I am in the most pain, like, how do I show up? Mm. And it just reinforces – uh my identity and i and i bring what i learned from those hard experiences into the workplace how i coach people how i um how i carry myself in my business and mm-hmm. so i guess does does that help define no, i didn't I, didn't I didn't really give a, a one word answer to what a coach is because i, I think don't think it, it's, it's, possible it, it's, to it's, it's yeah there's it's so many things that goes into a coach but um
0: did you want to expand a little bit on what a coach is?
1: I feel like you, no, you covered a lot no, there. No, yeah. No. No, <laughs> no.
0: No. 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 Elena, what's a coach? Oh God.
1: Um. I feel like I'm probably gonna re- re- repeat a lot of things that t- that you said, but in that Tyler said it, but in my own words. So. Oh no, I feel like so on the spot here. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So first of all, going back to what you were talking about, how like you get into coaching either for money or cause you like fitness, you like sports or whatever. And, um, there is people who get into it for the money and, and that's fine. Um, when you do get into something for the money, whatever it is though, it's like, that will always be a job. So it's like, you can, you can see a lot of coaches out there that are kind of in it for the money because those are the people that are like working for the money. And maybe they're irritated when the money isn't there or it's like, it's really, um, I think it's just really hard to keep yourself motivated if you're not, you know, if you, if there isn't anything else keeping you there, but I would say that most people probably start from like a place like that. And then they kind of grow with their clients. They grow with the people as they, as they coach them. Um, yeah. So I don't know, I guess I would kind of like describe a coach as a mentor in a lot of ways. Um, I don't think that you necessarily need to be like somebody who is like more physically capable than all of your clients, but you have to like be able to offer them something that they don't like that they don't have yet. So whether that's like more mindset, some sort of like different mentality or, or maybe just be able to like provide some whatever physical mental advice to them. Like you have to be able to kind of bring somebody someplace, Mm -hmm. you know, um. yeah, I mean.
2: You you also want to, like, have a vision for, you, for the people that you're coaching, too, that you want mm. to propel them, like, try to propel them. I guess like a parent with their kids, like, propel them further than you made it or at least instill some um, lifelong habits that they can carry f- with themselves that they can spread to other people, right? Um, yeah, I think that
1: you kind of have to have, like, the the big picture in mind even if your client doesn't so like maybe you do have clients that have like this these long-term goals but like for the most part people like work out and get into fitness and sports just for whatever reason like they feel like they should and so and that's fine like and a lot of people can kind of get like a little ways that way but if you have a coach that doesn't have this big picture like kind of designed for you based off of like what you want then you kind of you stay down here you don't really go very far. So I think it's maybe like seeing the future, f- like seeing somebody's potential before they can like see it in themselves.
2: Mm. Yeah. What 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 was the quote that you gave me a long time ago? Time ago. I don't know if you got it from somewhere else, but um it was find the golden people and treat them accordingly. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like a Jeremy quote?
0: It does. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It does. Yeah. That's kind it's of pretty the, sweet. I've tried that
1: reminds me of another Oh no. Okay. I'll give me a second to think of it. Cause there is something that you used to say too, that I would, that I, this reminded me of that. My,
0: my base definition for coaching. Um, and you guys are, you guys are super spot on. I'm, I totally agree with you. And I think my, my base definition of like what is required to be a coach and who a coach is, is a mirror of full potential and possibility.
1: That was like a very succinct way. You you are (laughs) simply a
0: mirror, so it's impossible to be the mirror without seeing a big picture, without having vision. So I would say it's impossible to be a coach without vision, because a lot of times clientele they are their sight like they're between sight and vision. We've talked, we have all talked about that before, but their their sight is on what what is right and what could be. So usually they come in because they're like, I want to lose weight. So they're thinking about, like, what their life could be if they lost weight or Mm -hmm. if they were stronger or X, Y, Z. So, but as a coach, you have to live in three different realms. What is, what could be, and what should be. Same thing that goes across sports or, you know, working in a gym. Like, you live in what should be and you reverse engineer it backwards Mm -hmm. to what is. Because you can't ignore where they're at because they might have injuries or setbacks or, you know, whatever. But you have to constantly think about best-case scenario, end of the line, what this person should look like, should operate like. Or if a coach, like, this play should work like this. You know, if they go this per- they go this way, this player should be right here, and then this person should be right here. And if that works out the way that should be, then it's a bucket, right? So as a mirror, this is why it's so tough to, like, there's okay coaches, there's good coaches, there's great coaches, and then there's life coaches. And it's difficult to get to that excellent life coach state without working on yourself. Because you don't know, you don't know how hard it is to actually work on those things in your life to get you to the place from what is, to what could be, to what should be, you know? And we talked about, with like off, off the air before we started this podcast, we were talking about coaches and And, like, at what point are you or should you, like, be a coach when you don't necessarily embody what people want to be, you know, in the could be or should be state? And because people want to listen. And I think at the base of that conversation is people want to listen to people who have proven that they have done it themselves, that they have a blueprint of, like, I started here and I got here. I I, I know the way. And... So, you know, I'm, when you're thinking about coaching, you, a lot of coaches, where they go wrong is they view themselves as the hero of the story. You know, I came in, I brought you the answers, I brought you from point A to point B, and I'm the reason why, you know, you did this. I've changed thousands of lives, right? And we all know people like that, you know, but... There's, there's so much humility that has to go in to, like, truly affecting somebody's life to be able to say, like, at the end of the story, I actually want all of the emphasis to be on that person, you know? And that's tough. It really is tough. But, you know, it's there's nothing more empowering than being able to hand people tools and then to run with it. You know, that's a, at least for me, that's the rewarding part of, like, listening to all the podcasts and the books and like working on myself and just thinking about all the different ways that I could say something to try to get it conveyed properly, you know? So when it, when it gets applied and that person gets to take it and they start applying it in their own life, I'm like, man, that was so freaking worth me doing the extra work, mm. you know? And, and if you look around, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly so thankful for you guys in my life because, you know, we do have a small circle of people that we run with that, that are at that next tier. You know, and it keeps us sharp, right? we look looking oh, right. around, and, like, we have people that do what we do better than us, and we're like, all right, that sharpens me. And we have people that were like, dang, I remember when I used to be down there. Mm-hmm. And not that we're on the high horse, but, like, there's just levels, period. But they,
1: that we sharpen them.
0: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, and it's so crucial, but going back to, you know, the coaching thing is, like, you can be a mirror because you know how hard it is, but you have to remain thinking in those three realms. What is what could be what should be constantly going back to what is what could be, what should be and um do you did you remember what you were thinking of before I go into this next piece?
1: It's completely gone now oh, okay, perfect,
0: perfect. <laughs> There's <laughs> um, nothing happening anymore <laughs> and so I think that's that's the you know for for coaches as we're on this topic, I think that's one of the difficult parts is to stay humble as a coach. Um, and not even, not even in our career, not even in the gym, but also how it affects our mindset outside of the gym. You know, when you go and it's, it's a good feeling to walk in and have grown adults of all shapes and sizes and backgrounds and income levels, like drop on the floor and give me 20 and they just do it. You know, that feels good. And then until you like go home and you're like, Hey babe, I need to do that. And she's like, no. <laughs> you know, immediately, like, without even thinking it, subconsciously, you're like, what do you mean no? You know? Like, I just had all these people that, like, sit and listen to me as if I'm, like, the best scholar, like, learner of all time. Elaine yeah, so would throw a pan out my yeah, like my Like, don't you, don't you know who I am? Like, like, you really do get that without even thinking about it. Oh, you know? totally, yeah. And, and so you have to, like, constantly go back to, like, the humbled state. To being like, why am I doing this? Like, you know, it really is to empower other people. Not, I'm not trying to become the source. Because you don't want to be the source. Period. You don't want to be the source. Or you will never, ever escape. You know, you want to empower people to go do their own freaking thing. Like, if you start a gym, people are starting gyms outside of. Like, perfect. That's that's what we're here for. You know, you're changed lives. And if the goal is changing lives, then why would you be upset about somebody going and changing more lives? You know, that's what exposes these, like, companies that view, view people as competition. You know, and I could talk about this. Obviously, you can tell I'm a little bit passionate. Oh, we could talk about this for gosh. hours. Because you're only, the thing is, like, you're only concerned. Me I mean, Patty talk about this on this podcast plenty. But you're only concerned about the people around you in the same vein as you when you are not confident in what you are putting on the table yourself. 100%. So when that happens, and that happens to all of us, right? Like people go in stages where, you know, I'm feeling a little slow and Tyler's looking real fast. And I'm like, well, damn, I could either be like, yo, Tyler, slow down, or I'd be like, yo, I need to get my ish together. And and that is the the humbling point where you have that teeter totter where you can now start surrounding yourself with people who are less than, so you feel better. Or you're like, hey, I need to go to a new level. That uncomfortable feeling, I have this really cool quote. that says, whenever I feel uncomfortable, it tells me that I need to learn something. So when you start feeling awkward or when you start feeling like you don't belong in a room, the first question that, like, I try to learn to come to, it's really tough. But the first question, instead of being like, ah, I need to get out of here, is like, no, I need to sit here. I need to marinate in it. What do I need to learn? What's making me uncomfortable? Who do I need to go find a resource for that can actually make me feel more comfortable in this state? Because a lot of time it comes from, you know, not having the knowledge or not having the experience so you don't belong or, you know, but when you like in your spirit, when you know you belong, you know, and that's what, you know, sets us apart is that we may not be there. But like Tom, Bill, you would say like your superpower is your ability to get better at anything, Mm. period. So when you know that if I apply myself to something, that thing is getting done, I might be the best at it, period, you know you have to stay in that state, like marinate in the like uncomfortable position, which freaking blows, it blows. And, but that's what makes you great, you know? So there's, um, you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> or I was just, it kind of reminds me of like when I, yeah, I mean, just like, like the, the work that I do now, like training at orange theory. And, um, and, like, it's, I've been there for a long, like, I've worked at arms for a really long time, and it's, it's easy because it's, like, so comfortable, you know, and it's, like, you can go to work and feel like a really big fish, but then what is that, like, how is that, that's not helping me anymore become better, um, especially when I don't, I don't know, it's, like, I have to really seek out other people that push me, that, like, help me get better at work. Um, or get better at my job and, like, help. And, and then I – it is so uncomfortable to get yourself into those uncomfortable situations, and, like, that's something that I'm, like, kind of trying to do right now is to, like, really allow myself to, like, get uncomfortable and ask questions and, and just – and know that it's okay to, like, not know yes. everything, you know, because, like, how can you? But, um, yeah, there was, should be a conclusion to that, but <laughs> – <laughs> It's kind of just going to trail off. Right no, you're, that's, so.
0: it's, so I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about because you do feel like a big fish because you're great. Like you're great at what you do. You're an incredible athlete. People like look up to you. You're like, dang, I just want to be like Elena. Like I, I've heard people say that. You know, want those Elena what? arms? Who are
1: these people? Need You're their like, oh, phone numbers I,
0: exactly. I need a list. Okay, <laughs> yeah. my self confidence is a No, but it's boost. true,
1: and especially because I've done Orange Theory for a long time, I've coached it and I've taken it for a long time, so I've had a lot of physical progress in Orange Theory, so I can so easily take somebody through a workout and know when to push them, like know how to push them because I know exactly how it feels like I've been there, um, and I yeah, I've just done it for a long time that I'm like very comfortable in that in that role now. And then you do feel that validation from people who like look up to you for that, and like that feels good. And so it's so easy to like be tempted to stay there. It's so hard to like decide to not stay there. When well, it's you know, and it's
0: the, the big fish is your reward.
1: Yeah, you know, it and will ha- happen again, and I yeah. after after education and progress in a different direction. Well,
0: and I think I don't think that that feeling is bad. Like, I honestly think that that is reward because of how hard you've worked, you know, from the get go is you worked so hard. So it's we've all seen bad coaches, you know, and the effect that that has negatively. We've all seen great coaches and and the impact that it has. And that big fish is because you've done the hard work that people like you have people's full attention. You have the respect. You have their honor, you know, and they show up because you bring them value. And, and it is tough. Like I'll say like st- stepping away from orange theory, like it's been kind of tough because yeah. the question, I think this is, a, I think this is an important question um, that I've been pondering on a lot is, uh, and if you haven't read a Gary John, uh, yeah, Gary, Mark Bishop book, I highly encourage you to do it. One is uh, unf F yourself. I'll save you the expletive. <laughs> this the the next one is stop doing that shite like and he's and he's uh from Scotland but he's honestly I'm I'm addicted to his stuff right now because he just keeps absolutely absolutely 100 like base value none of this like just think positive stuff it's like no you actually have to like eat the freaking terrible feelings like that's that is what is you can't ignore it like you have to like actually soak it in and one of the questions that is uh, posed is, are you who you think you are? Are you who you think you are? You know, so we all pose these things in our mind. And so when you do get into that big fish mentality, when people are like coming you and they're soaking up every word that you say, and that's a freaking great feeling. It's a high, dude. And like, I've definitely, I've definitely missed it because, you know, even, you know, Carlotta has, has noticed it's like, sometimes like you're not yourself. And I'm like, that's because I don't, right now at least, I don't have like an outlet to like share all the things that I've learned, you know, so it's just like basking up here and and there's no like, there's less sharpening and, and pouring out and that's just part of who I am, but there is something that you get a view of yourself in those moments, you know, where you're like, I am worth listening to, I, like, I do, like, I am really good or, you know, and some of that's positive, some of that's negative, but like. Like, that moment in Tyler's race, because I was just thinking about this, when you hit that wall, right? Some of my moments in, like, in my own life, too, is, like, I get to that place, and I was like, damn, what was that? What are the lines that I used to say in my class at the hard times? Like, what was the stuff that I used to say? Like, you're not a quitter. You're a, like, at this time, this is when you have to blank. And and for me, it's like, I got to take care of my own self in that way, you know, like how often am I pushing myself to that point where I actually have to like talk myself through a situation, and that's what I was, that's kind of where I came up with that question, was like how much is physical, how much is mental, because when you hit that wall, it's like what now, and who am I really at the core when like there's nobody watching, nobody's clapping for me, nobody's coming to save me, no one's giving me an boy like it really comes down to who you really are with looking in the mirror when stuff hits the fan.
3: Yeah.
0: And I think that's, I think where you're at is like so beautiful because it is that delicate balance of, you know, it, you're aware that you're comfortable, right? But you're also at the same time, you're also doing what you love and you're pouring into people. So it's, it's like a sweet place. But the question is like, can we, build while we're taking new ground in a way, you know, like you're, you're consistently, you're living in a city, right. And you have a palace and you're building it up and you're raising up people. But like, are you taking new ground with your army? And that's like the new step forward. Are you going out and meeting, you know, in, you know, in a medieval state, are you going out to like meet other Kings, you know, and seeing how they run their things and you're bringing them presence, which is like your knowledge, your talents, your time, your energy. And, laying them laying yourself at their feet and being like hey like this is what i have to offer you this is what i've been thinking about like hey what have you been building Mm -hmm. um and i don't know you guys do you guys have any feedback on that yeah
1: because i feel like when you do reach out to other people and you connect with other people who are kind of in the doing the same thing as you like that can make people feel that makes me feel like very vulnerable to be like oh i have questions or like oh i'm not like i'm not 100 percent where i'm at so it's like if i'm reaching out to somebody else like that that's something that, yeah, that I think that maybe would stop, like will stop people from kind of doing that or, or being like, no, I'm good. I'm good here. I'm just going to protect my own land. Like I'm going to stay right here instead mm. of like, um, I don't know. Yeah. Instead of like trying to grow and like being in the vulnerable state that it takes to like, to get anywhere. Yeah, oh, so good.
2: like read the room. Yes. Like if you feel like your, your, your work is done, like you need you need to like get out of the house. The a thing little is, bit. there's, there's that, yeah. no there's no peak. Like being a coach is a lifelong learner, and I think just in the recent year of being exposed to some of like some high level people in the fitness industry, whether it's social media, brick and mortar with the gym, um, like it, it just like it, it made me check myself. Like I ain't that big. Like I. I mean I I know I'm I'm good at coaching. I know that about myself. But it's it's the difference between like cockiness and confidence. Like I think cockiness like you th- you think you're the shit. There's but always somebody. Like, with I, like I, know <laughs> I know I, I know I, yeah, there's always a bigger fish. There's there's always somebody who can put you in your place. And I think going back to that humble mindset, just knowing that like there's always a way to get better. There's always there are opportunities that come at you every day for you to like increase your knowledge, increase your craft and you're doing a disservice if you're not doing that. Cause the people that are below you that are looking to you to be sharpened, like who wants to go to a doctor who just like gets their degree and just kind of, you know, coast to the end without, you know, learning new technologies and new ways to like help and fix people. Like nobody wants to go to that doctor. So same thing for when I coach, like I, I try to do my due diligence to up my knowledge on nutrition, on new, um, training programs, you know, meeting with like mentors week in and week out. Like I just, this is kind of funny. Like I, I just joined a, um, a group, uh, like a a mentorship group of other fitness professionals that I'm going to be a part of for the next year. Like coaches also need coaches. Yes right and so if you
1: don't have a coach then how can you be right. a
2: coach right yeah. like you you need other people looking after you keeping you in check to make sure that what you're giving to your clients below you are is 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 benefiting them and so um yeah i think this has been a big year for me to just like seek out knowledge from other people and it has definitely humbled me because being comfortable at like an orange theory um, you know for for a couple of years there like I you know your your ego feels pretty big and it's not a bad thing it's just you're, like I can walk into a class whatever template if they change it up like I'm good to go like I can just take one peek boom I can I can deliver a good class um, but when it comes to like personal training clients or like the other gyms I worked at down a bigger like it's it's different like I am back to being the smallest fish in the ocean and so like it forces me in an uncomfortable place but like i gotta deliver it may not be the best every time but i know i'm getting better and better and better but um also knowing my place because there's always somebody else that that is better than me and like the people that i'm working with and uh the mentors that i'm hanging around like they 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 do that without they do that with their actions just mm. just kind of watching how they operate and how they treat people and how they conduct themselves in a in a public space it just reminds me like wow i i still got a, a ways to go so the i so i have some
0: pushback on some of those belief systems ooh not allowed <laughs> everything i say <laughs> is right that that is true but also but also <laughs> so i think this this is something that I like I learned a long, long time ago. Um, that really has shaped the way I view people, like as uh peers in in a program. So like when I was just starting out doing basketball training it was probably early, early twenties, um, we put on a, a Nike camp and there was some very high level it was a, uh high level coaches, trainers there. It was like Kobe Bryant's trainer was there at the time, like top guys in the country. <laughs> And, uh, and then it was me and, and, um, when the coaches that I, I came up with. And so we were doing this big, uh, this big collegiate camp and everybody per day had, um, some time to, to do a training. And so they were all doing like, everybody got one individual time. So all the rest of the trainers would sit back and they would watch this trainer take the group. And, and I'm sitting back like, yo, this is like, these are the top people period, you know, doing it in the world. And, uh, you have the moment where you're like one, like I don't belong. Like I'm terrified, you know, like what if they, what if they don't like it? What if they like look at me like a bum? You know, what if they don't? And, and so the more I'm doing it and I'm watching, like, I just start changing my mindset to like, no, I belong here. Like I'm here because I belong here. I'm here because I do what I do at a, very high level, and I probably do some things better than these dudes do it. You know, in some areas, they're probably way out of my league, you know, way farther down the line, education and you name it. But other ways, like, I have something that they don't have. And and so, especially in the fitness industry, you know, there's so much. Um, going back to our conversation about, like, your castle, you know, and your walls built up. There's a thing called PYP, protect your perception. Which a lot of people will do anything to protect the way that people perceive them. They'll lease really expensive cars and they don't have the money for it because people view them a certain way if they have that. Or they hang around certain people because they people view them differently. If you walk in the room with LeBron James, they're like, huh, who's this guy, you know? And, and so people will especially in, in social media eras, it's really easy to get, you know, if you're doing things consistently, it's easy to get a big following, you know. But although it may be a big name, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're way farther down the line or like or that you're a small fish, you know. Because I would propose, I know a lot of people that you kind of been around recently, but I propose that you have something massive that they don't have. And although it may not seem that way, there's always a veil, right? And so this is why being around, like, groups that you're talking about, in getting behind the veil, you see kind of the inner workings, and you see, like, these people got problems. These people have things that they're working through. These people have, like, whether it's connective issues or they don't necessarily know how to work with people. Like, they're really good with the body, you know, but going back to the purpose, you know, sometimes this is where I go with, like, the really big names. You know, all their stuff is, like, you know, better way to turn on your glutes. And this is, like, a, a, a booty burner. And it's, like, but for what? Like, you, you've given your whole life to, like, say just movement. It's, like, movement's good, but, like, but for what? You know, what at the end of the day are you actually changing? That person might be more flexible, but is, like, is that impacting their thought life? Is that impacting, you know, their relationships? Is that? And so... Something that you guys are both really good at relationally is like meeting people where they're at, looking them eye to eye, getting in the trenches with them, being, you know, really good at making people feel seen and known and valued and safe, you know? And so when you really, when you walk into every situation, knowing that like you belong and that you have something to give, right? It's, it's so valuable, because you stop being starstruck and you start thinking about what am I bringing to the room and not just like looking around and being like, you know, you get nervous. is like, I'm just, I'm here to see you to receive. I, I don't want to mess up. But like you're walking to every room is like, no, I'm bringing something. I'm bringing everything that I have. How many people were you just in the room with that had to run a hundred miles?
2: That hadn't? Maybe
0: no, that have run a hundred mile race. How many people? Say at that summit you were just at, how many people in that room do you think had run 100 miles? Zero. My point exactly. So you have something different, you have you had to go through a completely different process that no one in that room had gone through. They don't know what it takes to run 100 miles. Mm-hmm. You know? And so when you change it from like reading the room to to think about like it gets exhausting. When you walk in a room to think about who you need to be in that room, you've already lost. But you walk in the room and like, no, this is who I am. This is what I bring. This is what I know that I know. This is what I know that I'm learning. This is what I know that I suck at. So when you're in the room and you're having a conversation, like that person's respecting you because like you know who you are. You know what you bring to the table and you're like, Man, I really freaking suck at X, Y, and Z. That person's like, Man, I actually just spent ten years, like you wanna get coffee? And now that person respects you, but they also you fill each other's gaps. And when you sit down for coffee, you start with a common respect of like, damn, I couldn't do that, but I can probably help you in this area. You see like you see the difference?
2: Totally. Maybe it's just same fish, bigger ocean, not like a small same fish bigger races, <laughs> not as like 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 the size of your fish is probably like the same you're just being exposed to more people then well, but it. like it's it's like i i still feel like i under i I totally understand what you're saying but it's more of like a maybe it's like a um just like a form of
0: respect for people i would say you're you're the same i would say you're the same great white with different scars
1: yeah <laughs>
0: you've had a completely different experiences but yeah. you're the same fish right so I think that's the way we we have to. Um, I'm going. I'm going to this next this next thing because I think it'll t- talk a little bit more about people. Okay. So something that I just I just learned we can wrap our minds around it is that same same book. It's like stop doing that shit. But uh, he proposes this idea that everybody has circumstances mm-hmm. and everyone has conclusions. So everyone think, everyone sabotages their life in three different ways. Right? So you have your view of yourself, who you are. You have a view of who people are out in front of you, and you have a view of what life is. So in those conclusions, everyone's walking through life with pre- pre- preconceived conclusions about who you are, who people are, and who life is. And so you're built to win. Your mind is built to win. And so you're constantly looking to find evidence to support the conclusions that you've made. Right? So... For myself, I'm now I'm kind of going through and thinking about like, okay, what are the conclusions that I've made about myself positively and negatively? And are those things like what of those things is just like complete and other BS Mm -hmm. and then what things are true? Right. So stepping away from orange theory, you're like, when you're there, you're like, I'm the big fish. Like I'm the big dog. freaking I got all the answers, you know, whatever it is. And then you step out and you're like, damn, am I really that person? Or is it I just like, was it just that circumstance? that I was like right place, right time, right audience, Mm -hmm. you know? And so when you start going you're looking in that life that way, it's really completely changed the way that I view people. Cause now when I'm listening to people or I'm engaging with people, I'm, I'm constantly looking for the evidence that they're giving me about the way that they view themselves, the conclusions that they've made, the the conclusions that they made about people. They, the word, they, like they always do this. They're haters. Like who is they, you know? That's their conclusions that they made about people, you know, and then life itself. Life is unfair, right? We we all know people who are like, life is so unfair. That's so unfair, you know. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves of all time. We don't like those people. No, we don't. And so when you think about life that way, we love on those people. <laughs> <When> <laughs> you <you're>, probably should. <laughs> when you're listening, when you're listening to them, you know, as soon as some something starts to feel unfair, like immediately, that's their foregone conclusion. You know. That's the perception. And so I think it's important now for us, you know, when we start, we apply those conclusions to our situations. So even for our listeners, thinking about, even you just start with your view of yourself. What's the conclusion, like positively and negatively, that you've made about yourself? Is that kind of like,
2: what is it, reticular activating system where you're... Um yeah, it's your, your, su- your your brain is like looking for like things to confirm. Yes, like yes, what, yeah, yeah. And exactly. it's your and yeah, it's your subconscious. About. So right. a lot of these
0: things you're doing without even thinking about them because it's a program that's running in the back of your head. Of this is what this is who you are. You messed up. You're like God. I'm such a klutz. But it's also so important in the way that we treat each other, because the way the things that you take on consistently become who you are. So if I'm like, dang, Tyler, why are you so lazy? Tyler, why are you so lazy? Tyler, why are you so lazy?" then you take it on as you are lazy. Exactly. And so you start doing what
2: lazy, things. lazy people do, <laughs>
0: right? So you actually start to become a mirror. So going back to a coach, you become a mirror of what that person is giving you. So a mirror of your full potential and what's possible. Mm-hmm. You're trusting me to know what's possible for your body as it is, as it could be, and as it should be. And so... That's why your words have so much power because you're giving people a view that they're taking on, they're applying to their conclusion and they're saying, does this match up? Which is where trust comes from. Trust comes from fulfilled expectations. So when you tell Elena, you're like, hey, pick up that 60 pounder. You're like, I don't know if I can do that. And she picks it up, she works it. She looks at you like he knows what he's talking about. Expectation met, right? So when that happens over time as a trainer, Now it's saying you can be this in this amount of time. Mm -hmm. And so that person says, I can be that in this amount of time. So they start, that's why it's important to know what the hell you're talking about. Because people start, not only start to lose trust in you, but they lose trust in like, that person knows what they're talking about. And I failed because they're obviously right. And I failed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So all that, all that being said, you know, is really looking at, our conclusions that we've made, things that really live under the surface. When you walk into a room, those con- those conclusions come up very quickly, you know? And and my encouragement is is constant. And I don't even know what, like, where I did it. I've been successful in that way. And I don't even know what happened, but I think it was just a decision that I made. It was actually somebody that spoke into my life because I was always around like other leaders, but never like the top guy. You know, and so I always felt like, God, I I know that I'm fully capable. I know that I'm better at that guy than what he's doing, but I'm always like one under him. And the person's like, no, you were created to like push the leader. You were created to like influence the influencer, to coach the coach, you know, because like you said, even the coaches need somebody that's pouring into them. Mm -hmm. And and so that kind of changed my mentality from like being insecure, being like, I can't get over the hump of being the top guy to being like, no, I have something to bring even the best of people. So now when you encounter people that even are farther down the line, I still know that I have something to bring to them. The question is, what is it and when is it? You know? And I think that's for for both of you guys. I have have such a large respect because one, you guys are so consistent. Like you guys put my consistency to absolute shame and shambles.
1: Depends on what you're... Specifically talking about when it comes to consistency. <laughs> we just work out a lot.
0: Well, and we just kind of live in a gym. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and you're consistent, you know, in the way that you are and who you are, you know. And and so I, th- I think that a lot of times you guys undervalue what you bring to the table because you guys are constantly thinking about where can I grow? What can I do better, you know, and those things that are next – but at some point, like you put your stake in the ground, and that's why, like the three relationships we talk with at OTL are having somebody that does what you do better than you, having somebody that you're in the trenches with, which you guys are great at. It's even better that you're a couple, and then having somebody that's a little behind you that you're helping, maybe, and even hoping that they surpass what you've been able to do. Mm-hmm. So you remember that you have something to learn, you have something that you're working on now, and you you remember that you have something to share. You know, so it I don't know, if, I don't know if it's like it comes down to like a it's not it's not a lack of self
2: confidence but like the fear of like saying that i have something figured out you know like like i know i'm good at coaching but i also don't want to like like i don't like t- like this is something i struggle with i don't i don't like talk um i don't like talking about myself very much um like saying that I'm good at something like I like I know I'm a good coach, but I, like I like I don't want to be the guy who like says that. Like I would I would rather it play out through my actions.
1: Yeah. Whereas it almost because I'm the same way. Like I'll never it's very say anything like too cocky about myself. But um, it's just yeah, it feels very weird. But I think that like that there is like a there's a big valid point to doing that to like talking to yourself that way, mm. like to instill like your own confidence to like so that you are assured like you know where you are at like you know who you are because that's something that I I struggle with a lot
0: because what if like it's um cognitive dissonance so that's like going back into you know coaching when you tell somebody who can't do something that they can do it right it's it's not good you know they're in the process of getting better at but if if you're telling they really can't do it and you're telling them, no, no you can do it it's this, it's doing the same thing for them mentally as them lying, as somebody who lies consistently. When you know the truth and you share something different, mm. the same thing happens. So when you, like, because it's the PYP, so you're protecting your perception. You don't want to come across as the guy, right? You don't want to come across as the guy who has things figured out and is like the shit. But you really are sometimes, you know? You you have figured out some things, and you you are the shit sometimes. And you you don't have
1: to brag, but you should know that.
0: So, And so that's the, that's the thing is going back to in my process, I figured out that this is helpful. Yeah. As it doesn't have to be like, look what I did. I freaking did it. But it's when you present it, because is the presentation that you want to tell people that you accomplished something or is the presentation that you, and along the way, you figured out a tool that you can hand them the tool. I was able to accomplish this because I figured out this and, and I want to give that to you right. to help you figure out what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And so the flex is okay because people are like, dang, he, he got that. But also the, the emphasis is on what I can offer you going through all the stuff that I went through. You don't have to go through it. I'm going to give you the tool so you don't have to learn the hard way. And that, that's the way that you get through that, like protecting your perception. Cause you, you have accomplished the great things. There's nothing wrong with with saying it, you know. And that's that's like I think the hard part for all of us is really figuring out what the perception that we're protecting is. And one, are you that person that you say you are? If not, make the adjustment. And two, like not being afraid of being the person. You know, there's nothing to be ashamed of. We all, nobody. I don't think anybody that's come across you has been like this guy is an arrogant prick. You know. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Not nobody. Like you are one of the most humble people because you don't like talking about yourself. Yeah. But you're downright savage and people need to know that. You know? All the people that you've been around that you're kind of you kinda walk in, you're like, dang, like that person's like a big person in the industry. They're not coming in like, yeah, you know, I've done a couple of things and I'm working on a couple of things. No, <laughs> like you respect them because they're like, nah, like I I get this thing done. I execute. Like yeah. you've seen me execute. And because I freaking worked hard for it, like, and you have, yeah. you know, so you're selling yourself short of like all the things that you've given. And that's why this, there's nothing wrong with being the big fish. Like you freaking worked your ass off to get there, you know? And so you get to enjoy the spoils of the things that you're able to offer because of all the things that you've learned. The only problem is like, if you put your stake down there and like, you never move on, you retire. You, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you, and you just kind of coast it out. I mean, if you want to coast it out, that's fine. That's what you want to do. If you reach the level you want to reach, perfect. You want to be comfortable, perfect. But I, I don't think I know anybody that's as uncomfortable being comfortable as you, you know? Like you're constantly working for something new, for something yeah,
1: harder. Yeah, because there's, like, there's never, like, an end place to get to. And yeah. so whatever level you are at, you always kind of know that. And then you just kind of know that, there's so much you are missing out on if you decide to be like, nah, I'm good. I'm good here. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I know a coach that would like actively make that decision, but it's probably just a passive decision that a lot of people do kind of end up doing that kind of stay in the same place for a long time.
0: Yeah. And it's, I mean, I just, like I said, I have so much respect for both of you because the way you guys go about your business, you know, and, and your relationships and, Figuring things out And like Honestly just How much you guys have grown From the beginning Who was it Um Tanner Mailer Love that guy I was, I was with him yesterday but Tea time That's actually how me and Tyler met It was a birthday party For his sister But Um He was just saying Like how much he's blown away Seeing like All of your stuff on social media And all the stuff that you've done Cause he He was like I remember in high school Like When you were in lines Like Tyler would be running, but it's not like he was like (laughs) breaking any records. And then now you see him out here like just freaking smashing. And it's just
1: crazy what people have the potential to do.
0: (laughs) I remember in basketball, I'd
2: get so many blisters. Like I'd be the guy that just like has tape. The first time that that I went,
1: well, maybe the second time. I don't know. One of the first times that I went for uh, a hike with Tyler, he like fell. (laughs) <laughs>
3: like, when? Like
1: in, it was like in the mud. And like you like it was oh, like a yeah. and um and it was with me and Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah. We've given Elizabeth so many shout outs on you, this you, podcast. I also now, but, need to mention he, how
2: athletic I landed. <laughs> it was not <laughs> It was very it, Did I did I get mud on me?
1: Y- I, yeah.
2: Uh, oh well, Are I, I we talking about
1: this? We're talking about a different <laughs> I, thing. Well, yeah, I,
2: I thought I caught myself pretty well. well.
1: I don't know, but Tyler it was, has a different recollection. It was a, it of this. Was a different. No, not different. The, here's the, the right point of the story. It was a different body than the body that you have now, and <laughs> and yeah, you've,
0: Look at you've come
1: a long way in a lot of ways.
0: That's an interesting parallel. <laughs> he he I probably he I, probably could have gone. I'm trying to boost up the confidence.
1: <laughs> you know what though. I don't know you. I mean, I see him at home. I see him at his most confident, and I know we can kind of like bring him, bring him down a little bit. That's
0: sometimes. probably true. <laughs> everybody, everybody has their at home moments. Yeah,
1: yeah. I like. I know the, the what really goes on in your head. I think,
0: but it is. But it is cool. Thanks, babe. <laughs> but it. But it is cool thinking like about like the the evolution of Tyler Ackerman. You know when like done. from when you. Like for people who knew you before that I knew you to like coming in and I like when people are just like flabbergasted like I didn't see that freaking coming you know no that's and that's, the best. that's I mean that really is a cool testament to, to how hard you've worked you know on a consistent basis and doing things that you wouldn't have to do but you've chosen to do them. Just thinking right now like I, this this makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> that's good. It's weird. I like making you. I look look at my arms. Look, look <laughs> at look yeah, them he's all, he's all my like arms it. are crossed right now. He's I'm all balled up. Like, Ooh. I know somebody I remember like the first time you ever coached. Thank you though. Thank you. That means a lot. You're you're most welcome. The first time you coached at uh, Shoreline came over. I'd been hyping you up for like two weeks. I'm like, like, bro, you guys had better freaking show up for Tyler's coming through. He's the real deal. And I was like, he's way better than me when I when I was at his stage. And uh and people so people came to your class, and then afterwards they're like, "Like I swear he was, he was like, he was like you, but like different." I'm like, I was like, I'll take that as a compliment. Just <laughs> like, <laughs> just a little darker. I was, it's, I was like, "Is Tyler's Tyler's got the juice?"
1: No, it's true because I know that, especially when you first started coaching. Like, well, and like more so to that point, like Tyler is somebody who thrives when he has a mentor, like somebody that he really does admire to look up to. And like, that has always been you at like, you know, especially with orange theory, because you were like his first kind of role model when it came to coaching and, and now obviously still you, but like <laughs> other people as well. And, and that kind of has helped him grow. But I think that he definitely got a lot from you because he really admired the way that you would like run a class.
0: When it's hard, it's hard to start something that you're passionate about without having any idea what it looks like or sounds like. Or feels like what I would give you know? give myself credit for is I'm really good at like mimicking or no. or, or like adap- or like adapting <laughs> no, or like no, no 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 what do you mean a cop out
2: that's not a, no like no I'm not saying that I'm like I'm like copying what you, Jeremy you, did but I but I, think but he's I, saying, know, I know I can see what works I think he's saying, saying he's
0: learned he kn- he's I will say in a like kind of a better way I think is that you are great at learning and applying like you're yes. a quick you're a quick learner I think is what he's saying like taking it on it's like okay that works and applying it and then finding his own style within it because i've also seen what doesn't work i'm
2: like okay I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that i'm gonna take that that doesn't work i don't like that that's not yeah. me but that could work for me and then i kind of make it my own just so having like a role model like jeremy and other people like josh to see what like he brings to a class and also what uh page and elizabeth like all of them like See, cause I can, I learned a little bit from every, everybody, a little mm-hmm. bit more from Jeremy cause we spent a lot of time together, but, um, just taking what I saw work for them based on how like the, the
0: members responded. When I think well. that's, that's to that point, you know, um, as far as like coaches and, and humility and learning, like you, even in life, you have something to learn from everyone, everyone. Yeah everyone has gold. Everyone has something that you need to learn from. Everyone has different experiences than you. You have something to learn from everyone, even bad coaches. Like you said, that, that does not work. I will not be doing that. <laughs> you know, or you hear, you hear like a vocal cue and you're like, Hmm, I like that. Like that gives yeah. a really good picture, you know? And then there's like great coaches where like you pick up on their energy or you pick up on their way to maneuver a situation emotionally, you know? And, and I like, when I start coaching, I, uh, Leanne uh, sent me this video of like one of my first tryouts, and I'm like, please delete that immediately. Because it probably but was no, like,
1: no, don't. It like, was... it's great to see yourself Correct. when you start. You are right. right. You are right. But, it, but also, I probably like, I'd have to like watch it like this. I couldn't.
0: Yeah. I'm yeah. glad that I watched it by myself in a very dark <laughs> like late at night, because I was like, oh God. But it's like, but you can, s- but in that, you know, I, I had the ability, you know, at the studio that I was at, at the beginning to listen because i was working like on the admin side listening to you know four or five of the best coaches that i've been around you know as far as an orange theory category listening them day in day out like through the glass wall of what they say how how they say it how they bring up the energy how they bring it back down and and like Learning in my head while I'm listening, like oh, I can apply that, or like here's how I want to do it. That freaking noise is their voice is extremely annoying. <laughs> like remember to not say that, mm-hmm. you know. And and so when you go in, you like have a general idea of how you want to come across, you know, how you want to apply your ideas and your energy, and when do, like bring it up, bring it down, and and that's that's a fun that's a fun excursion. It's like I know some people get in a hard space of like who you coming in after. um, Like when I know one of the studios, Elizabeth had just started coaching and she took over like the classes that I had for a couple of years. Like they were like my people. Like I bought my eyes out when I left them um, because we had just built like a great rapport, you know, and, and they get used to me. And then somebody else comes in and, and I like have so much respect for Elizabeth, you know? And, and so Leaving there multiple times, like I brought everybody together and I was like, listen, Elizabeth, the person who's coming after me is not me. And I can't allow you to expect them to be me because they will not be me. And so you're doing them a disservice. You're doing yourself a disservice by anticipating them being me and them not. You know, they have their own thing that they bring. They have their own value. They have their own style. You know, and the way that you guys were gracious to me, you know, I need you to be gracious to them. And if I come back and I hear that you guys weren't that, I will come back and smack some people. It
1: will be bad for you guys.
0: Yes. And so that, because like you lose when you don't, when you don't have a mindset. And I think a lot of people at the top level of trainers, they get into mindset where they only run with a certain crew, like, because they don't want to roll with people who are less than because that will take away from the way that they're perceived. So that over time without even thinking about it, they only respect the people that are at their level. Don't even talk to people that they're at their level. Like you know when you talk to somebody and you can just tell that they don't respect you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like someday you'll be as good as me, you know? Just that yeah. feeling that like literally irks me to my freaking bones. I can't freaking stand it. Like I just have to walk away because that it's like the ultimate disrespect. Um and and so you get to that point where like you only wanna be around the greats, but like how, how are the people who are less than supposed to learn if like, you're not willing to to help them. Um, but you, you just lose so much in life when you only want to be around the things that you want to hear, you know, that could preach a whole other sermon, you know, yeah. but I was, I was very happy, you know, at that studio that, you know, talking to people that are like, you know, it's Elizabeth is very different from your style, you know, but Like we're starting to like really grow together and and listen. And then she had been there ever since, you know, at long, long term. But that was, that was like my desire for the people that I invested in was like, don't sell yourself short by just throwing, casting somebody aside because they're not the person that you're used to. Mm. Um, And and I don't know. I mean, I hopefully, hopefully that was helpful. But as a, as a coach that's starting out, that's a very difficult place to be when, you know, you're trying to fill in somebody's like dream coach, so to speak.
1: Yeah. Cause <coughs> when we, when Orange Theory reopened, cause we both b- b- went back to Kirkland and Tyler used to coach, coach at Kirkland and I never coached at Kirkland. So everyone knew Tyler and everybody loves Tyler. Everybody loves Tyler.
0: It's hard to hate Tyler. Yeah. And I, uh, every so want to have a moment. Don't you no. love me, babe?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love how much people love you. I really do love that. Like I never hear anyone say anything, <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> about Tyler, besides Jesus. Not besides, me. besides, maybe that, because like, oh, he pushed else. me a little too hard, and I'm in. mad at him. But no, like, I, I had to kind of come into that space and like prove myself, um, and and not think like, how are they stacking me up against my boyfriend?
2: Same thing with Patty at vigor like, Everybody talks yeah. about Patty about how good he is. You know, so I haven't taken a class from Patty yet. Young Patty. It's funny. Like, I, I, I think I went there
0: into the evening
2: class not not to take his class, but I was out there in the evening to like cover for somebody. And I uh, I've been there for like what, three, four months now? And like some of the people like coming up and like, Are you new here?
1: <laughs> that <laughs> like, just is like a hit here. to the like, ego. <laughs> Do you do, do
2: you need help around? You know where everything is? Like <laughs> Bro. <laughs> I'm
0: on the staff. Yeah, okay. I'm on the staff. I know what I'm doing. I need to come okay. take a class from Patty. I haven't taken, he's taking like two of my classes.
2: Have you not taken a class from him? Uh-uh. Uh uh like, everybody like everybody everybody speaks too. the world about Patty. And I still have yet to yeah. To take one.
0: I remember one time, Pat, this is, like, the very beginning before we had even started off the leash, and we had just been, like, mm-hmm. throwing around these ideas, but there's uh somebody who was overconfident that used to come to my classes, like, thought he was the big dog, mm-hmm. and so Patty came over to my athletic, like, performance class, and uh, we were doing partner banded runs and stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, "Oh, I'll throw Patty, <laughs> throw Patty a bone." So I stuck him with this guy, mm. and Patty was pulling this dude all over the gym. Like, <laughs> right, and he just—he kind of gives sh- me that look, and I was like, "Finish him." <laughs> <laughs> but afterwards, that's that's kind of where we started the like the beast off the leash because that's that's honestly how off the leash started. Was I called, started calling Patty the beast off the leash, and so then it kind of just it kind of stuck after that. But it was funny because we were doing like he was doing like bear crawls, and this dude could like. Look like a little child taking a Rottweiler on a freaking <laughs> water. <laughs> just getting yanked all over the place. I always wondered what Patty was like in a group setting, but <laughs> what's he, his what's his coaching? Have you seen him coach before? Not in a group setting. I've seen yeah, one one on one. I wonder what his style is. Because I feel is. like
1: when we when I worked with client. him at Experience Momentum, like years and years ago, I only knew him as a personal trainer. I
0: don't think I've ever so. heard Patty even raise his voice. Patty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his I've, heard, I've heard him so yell good. on the paintball field on like a... On the Go Sports live, but I don't think I've ever heard him raise his voice in like a, a coach setting.
2: Patty's not a person you want to mess with. <laughs>
0: Probably I think, not. I feel like his voice belonged killer. in like three hundred, like spa dots. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't want you don't want to poke that bear. Probably not. He's he's got some, he's got something in there. Got for a you. Quick, Put him on the leash. He's, okay. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got a quick trigger finger. I remember g- taking over for Josh at Shoreline. Cause Josh, I'll be like Warriors. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, I am not Blood that guy. In the water. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I will sound like you a little not boy. <laughs> not the guy, pal. Yeah, I was I was not that guy. So <laughs> taking over taking over for him because he's the he's the Shoreline legend. So I know Hall I, of Fame. I was like, I am I am not I'm not Josh. I will not be that person.
1: All right, you guys. I hate to do this, but I have to go. I have to go to work. Work. I'm gonna coach a bunch of like Did seriously motivated classes cool.
2: after this. <laughs> get your priorities straight. Back. I think I, I need
0: know, to. No, I didn't to
1: realize we were gonna be I, here for this. long. I need to put on a
0: disguise and that. come into class.
1: Don't put on a disguise. Well, last time you have I to got wear a mask
0: on anyway. So.
3: Jeremy so. Got oh, it's
1: done. Done. oh, the mask, not the mask. Don't even get me started. I
0: wore on one of those day. terrible, one of those terrible medical masks. I'm breathing on the treadmill. It looks like. You know when somebody in like a horror movie has a plastic bag over their head and they're getting suffocated and they're like they're like sucking it like yeah. takes the shape of their mouth. That's how I felt in the tread. I'm like, this is you not know what? The altitude. It's train, another baby.
1: obstacle and you will get used to it. I appreciate it. <laughs> I get the motivation <laughs> this started. To, this is what I have to tell <laughs> members all the time. Not every day. Can I just yeah. take this
0: off? Uh, yes. Yeah, so we'll wrap this thing up. Okay. Uh, well, thank you guys for coming. Always a fun time to get together, sit around the table and chat it up. Uh, OTL fam there's the new drop online Dizana sports and if you guys want to hop on our newsletter hop holler at us uh, blogs going out on the weekly other than that friends the Woo! you know what it is